You know what we do here? My section? Sir, yes, sir, I have an idea. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's say you have no idea and leave it at that, okay? No idea. Zip. None. You had an idea about what we do. We would not be good at what we do, would we? We would be cunts. You calling us cunts? Staff Sergeant Dignam has a style of his own. I'm afraid we all have to get used to it. So, you got family connections down in Southie, right? Through your father? Why don't you tell us about your Uncle Jackie? He was a carpet layer for Jordan Marsh. Uncle Jackie was a small-time bookie who attended bar at the Vets in Somerville. He got popped by Nicastro in 95. We found his body out by the airport. That's right. I remember his funeral. Good. Closed casket? That's right. So, tell anybody up at Deerfield? That is, before you got kicked out for wailing on a gym teacher with a folding chair, you had an uncle met his demise like that. I got a question. How fucked up are you? Life's the same, I'm moving in stereo. Life's the same, except for my shoes. Life's the same, you're shaking like tremolo. Life's the same, it's all inside you. What's the matter, smartass? Don't know any fucking Shakespeare? This week, we're going full Wahlberg, full Boston Masshole accents, although I'm going to butcher it. This is the Pool Scene Podcast. I'm going yard. I'm Kevin. I am Irish. As always, I'm joined by Jim. Hey, how the fuck are you? Hey, nah. <laughs> is that how they say now in, in Boston? Hey, nah. I, I, don't, you were in, I've never been yes. to Boston. You say, were, you were in the- Bullshit. I did not hear one accent, and I was in, maybe I need to be in a Southie to get this, or. I did hear somebody just talk about this, though, where we uh, went to it the was pack. actually Eli Roth talking about how that's a blue collar thing like it's like a uh, rite of passage for people in certain communities well they sure as hell didn't flack and go to cheers let me tell you that much that's you were in and out there but yeah. it's pretty good yeah, well, i'm trying uh <laughs> <laughs> that was like oi oi i'm, yeah, Ozzie. I'm trying Ozzie boston hello <laughs> hello we missed doubtfire we're talking the departed from 2006 our first foray on this podcast into martin scorsese the icon himself has been directing films since the late 60s mean streets taxi driver raging bull the color of money the last temptation of christ goodfellas casino gangs of new york wolf of wall street this year's killers of the flower moon his movies have won 20 academy awards and counting but the departed was his only win for best director which is like yeah insane that it took the departed and Which he is didn't win for anything else great prior. movie but there was a lot before he should have won for exactly it. his only film to win best picture as well so with such a legendary director it's kind of weird to see him take on a remake which is what the departed was it was a remake of the 2002 hong kong movie infernal affairs scorsese however did not know it was a remake until he signed on as director <laughs> He just read the script and loved it. And then they were just like, oh, by the way, this is a remake. Hey, you think you're fucking funny? We're going to go to Hong Kong. Huh? <laughs> you think you're fucking funny? Before Marty signed on or got involved back in 2003, Warner Brothers, Brad Pitt and producer Brad Gray bought the remake rights for $1.75 million. William Monaghan, who had only written one film prior, wrote the script. Martin Scorsese liked the script, signed on. So Jim, again, The Departed won 
won the Academy Award for Best Picture, but that is rarely synonymous with box office success. $90 million was allocated for actor salaries. Oh, yeah. Which makes me think this one had a big budget. Hey, you know how much I got paid for that, okay? (laughs) (laughs) 89.5. They gave uh, Alec Baldwin $42. And an uh, unloaded gun. <laughs> oh, no. Hey, now. Uh, Jim, please give us budget, box office news, and number one's at time of release for The Departed. From WUAB, Channel 43, where the news comes first. This is the 10 o'clock news. Hey, the departed. I think that's how they say it in Saudi. They departed. Hey, they didn't die. They departed. I said doy. Hey, doy. They departed. Well, guess what? I never saw the departed, so this is my first time. Killer movie, as Kevin said, it is a ninety million dollar budget, which is true. Came out October the sixth, two thousand and six. Ninety million dollar budget for the actors There's themselves. Just them. Just them. Just them. Yeah. Rest of it free. They yeah. used the downtown Boston. Yeah, game I think I think the budget was somewhere in 175, $180 million. Whitey Bulger gave them a lot of money. Loosely based on Whitey Bulger. It is. And it made $292 million. Okay, so it did really well. Did excellent. I mean, damn, it's a How great movie. How could it not? Leonardo DiCaprio, Jack Nicholson, Matt Damon, Alec Baldwin. Uh, hello, I'm in that too, okay? Mark Wahlberg. Jesus Christ, who isn't in there? Jesus Christ is in there. Jesus Christ with an accent, which Jesus is <laughs> Hey, you better fucking worship me. Okay, go Red Sox. Now you sound like Dennis Leary, which is appropriate because okay. he's also that's a, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ sounds like Dennis Leary. Every pool sceneer that is in Massachusetts right now, they're like, I'm out. We're done. <laughs> We're done. It's over. We're now barred in Massachusetts. Hey, them guys jumped the shock. They jumped the shock, didn't they, Bobby? Notable DVD releases brought to you by Horsey Sauce, the definitive condiment at Arby's. It's funny because you posted that. It blew up. 90% of the answers were Arby's. Arby sauce and you're still like no everybody's wrong it's horsey no, sauce. Arby sauce is dirt water barbecue. That's it's not good. Now I heard there's this red sauce phenomena at Arby's. Is that what it's called? Red sauce. So- I get red sauce phenomena. I've never knew there was a red sauce. I guess it's like a ranch. Thing. It's red ranch. I, or red. That's what I mean. Red ranch. Red rum. Red ranch. <laughs> red rum. Red ranch. Good evening, Mrs. Arby's. <laughs> Hey, hey, mom, how you doing there? You want to be a big Montana? Mmm, love it. Yummy. Here are your notable DVD releases in and around October of 2006. Some we might cover, some we already have. My Date with Drew. Kevin and I have briefly talked about this. Great documentary about one guy's quest to date Drew Barrymore. Lucky son of a bitch. One that we did cover. The Fast and the Furious, Tokyo Drift. Probably best out of the 10. Debatable. Thomas Jane and the Punisher. Ooh. Because the soundtrack is fantastic because you're broken. And we all want to know how. What's his name from Seether? Got Amy Lee. We covered this one last season. Final Destination 3, which we oh, loved. Yeah. We'll always yeah. have a special place in our hearts. And then finally, V for Vendetta. Oh, An- nice. Another great movie. A lot of changes from the graphic yeah. novel, but still, Hugo Weaving. Yeah. Oh, like so Portman. good. Kevin, we're doing something a little different here. Season 14. Here's a little news of the weird. That was legitness. Yeah, it was. Okay. <laughs> Got him. <laughs> Wait a minute. Who are you? Oh, my God. Let's get oh, nuts. I love that. Police in Madison, Wisconsin said Milo G. Chamberlain's great name, by the way. Milo, Milo G. Chamberlain's blood alcohol content 
was 0.425. Dead. Which experts said normally is attainable only by those either dead, dead or in a coma. But he was picked up quite conscious, allegedly causing a disturbance at a marathon gas station because when your blood alcohol is 0.425, where does shit go down? Marathon. Where he reportedly got into a fight with a gas pump. <laughs> you know what? It was at Maria Menounos in that fucking oh, gas Except this was 2006. So whoever the 06 equivalent of Marie Menounos, that would have been it. She started getting into a fight with a gas pump before being restrained by a passerby. Police said Chamberlain's responded to each of their questions only by rattling off strings of numbers in no particular pattern. 4, 8, 15, 16, 23, 42. All of a sudden he says, my name is Dr. Pierre Chang, and he's a part of the Dharma Initiative. Also, another news of the weird. Surgeons have reattached many penises. Great start. In case of accidents, self-mutilations, or angry wives' vengeance. But the first successful transplant of the organ, to the point in which blood and urine flow were regenerated, was performed this summer in 2006 after a 15-hour procedure at the Guangzhou General Hospital in China, my favorite soap opera. (laughs) Although the patient was left functional, he and his wife, two weeks later, citing psychological reasons, ordered the new organ removed. Fuck, you go through all that effort. Hey, you know what? We just feel like rubbing each other's skin together. We don't need that little hanger. We Get it out of there. Kick it out of the park, the old tease. Off the TV news, two big shows debuted in October 2006. Friday Night Lights and 30 Rock. Bangers okay. right there. Great shows. Friday Night Lights, excellent. Matt, Loved Matt that. Matt Saracen, I just saw him in something. QB2. It, and it was something so weird because I was like, who is that? And I'm looking at him and I was like, that's Matt Saracen. If DTR doesn't work out for the Browns, that's who we need. We We're need Matt, Matt Saracen. Saracen. On to sports and George Michael. Good evening, everybody. I'm George Michael. And welcome to the sports machine. The St. Louis Cardinals beat the Detroit Tigers 4-2 to win the World Series. Great for the St. Louis Cardinals. Hell yeah. Fernando Alonso in that Renault that was unstoppable wins back-to-back F1 World Drivers Championships while Renault wins the Constructors Championship. Your number one movie in America, Open Season, the animated movie. I think it's that Pixar, DreamWorks. I don't know. It's one of them. Same thing. Definitely wasn't Pixar. It made a whopping $23 million at the box office. And I figured, let's see what other things were hitting at the box office. Let's jump all the way down to number 55. Kids, one of your favorite documentaries. That's right. Pasta Salad Revival. Jesus Camp. Nice. Comes in at 55, making $533,767 at the box office. I get like anxiety thinking about it. That movie is documentary. That's something. Like yeah. when you see kids at this Jesus camp and then uh, crazy. I yeah. it's it's something. I confused. I just realized I said pasta salad it's revival. That LARPing one. It that's monster camp. Yeah. Not Jesus camp. Could be one in the same. Oh yeah. Hey, get out of monster camp. I'm just going to piss off everybody in Boston. And in the number one song, hanging on. Number one for seven consecutive weeks, Justin Timberlake bringing that sexy back. I'm bringing sexy back. Yeah. The motherfucker don't know how to act. Yeah. 
That was a good jam back in the day. Future Sex Love Sounds came into 2006, storming with the sexy, and that's all that was going on. Thank you, everybody in the Commonwealth of Massachusetts. We love you. We're not making fun of you. If anything, Jack Nicholson going in and out of a Boston accent oh, quite frequently it. is what you should be offended can't about. Wait to talk about my favorite scene. We love you. See you at Fenway. Let's kick some ass. On to the departed. Okay, so Zach Guilford, who is Matt Saracen, he was in Fall of the House of Usher. My problem with him, he plays young Roderick Usher in the show. Usher got the voice to make your booty go. Roderick Usher, the grown-up version, is Bruce Greenwood, which if you're familiar Love with Bruce, Bruce Greenwood. Greenwood. So how does Matt Saracen, Zach Guilford, grow up to be Bruce Greenwood? There's not enough of a gap. Wishes do come true. For his face to change that much. Yeah. Which is funny because um, I, I think like... Alfred Molina was supposed to play that character or something. It's even more farther out there. Right. But then I wonder if Zach Guilford would have had a job. The other thing we were uh, we were talking about, we were flipping in and out of the accent, and I was thinking about Australian. Made me think last night when I was laying in bed, I was laughing to myself, thinking about I want to hear an Australian say, "Let's limbo." How low can you go? Because it would be like, "Let's limbo." How low could you go? What? Let's <laughs> limbo. Limbo. Let's limbo. How how can you go? Put on a little agadaka. Everything in Australian kind of ends at an R. R eh. Let's go to Mecca's Akadeka. Let's Limbar. Let's go to the drive-through. Listen to Akadeka. Get some Mecca. Exactly. Uh, now we so, pissed off everybody uh, down under. Australia, Boston, we're coming for you. <laughs> Come on, baby. Sorry, I'm late. Staff Sergeant Dignam is our liaison to the undercover section. His undercover work is extensive. He's here to give us his report, Sergeant Dignam. Okay. My people are out there. They're like fucking Indians. You're not going to see them. You're not going to hear about them, except through me or Captain Queenan. You will not ever know the identity of undercover people. Unfortunately, this shithole has more fucking leaks than the Iraqi Navy. Fuck yourself. I'm tired from fucking your wife. How's your mother? Good, she's tired from fucking my father. So Departed is one of three films where Scorsese uses the Rolling Stones' Gimme Shelter, the other two, Goodfellas and Casino. Yeah. And the Rolling Stones are coming to Cleveland June of 2024. Great. So they're... 162 years old. And it'll cost $162,000 to get tickets. Probably. Because who uh, wants to see 80-year-olds sing? So the kids went and saw the Taylor Swift movie, which was more than a normal movie. Is it, that just a concert? It's a concert but it? in theaters, but it costs more than a movie. It's for adult tickets, $19.98. Fuck. For kids tickets, it's 13 Sell out? something. No. I mean, it did for the first shows, but then there's a collectible popcorn bucket and collectible cup. I saw of the course cup. they had those, which yeah. is crazy because you'd think those would sell out, but they must have armed themselves with enough. You got your plastic cup collection. I did, but so now my daughter, my oldest, more than anything for Christmas, number one, she like ripped up her Christmas list and her number one thing, she wants tickets to the Eras Tour, which is mostly over. Yeah. But next year, they're finishing up with some more dates. I think it's the last date on the tour. She's coming to Indianapolis. We looked at tickets on the resale market. Oh, no. Cheapest ticket for any of the three nights there, $800. Fuck off. So for four of us to go, it'd be $3,200 before taxes. And buy, her, uh, buy her CD. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she'll get her CD. This is a compact disc. disc. Okay, let's rat into the plot. In Southie, South Boston, Irish mob boss Frank Costello buys a little kid some groceries and wins him over. That little kid is Colin Sullivan. When you decide to be something, you can be it. That's what they don't tell you in the church. When I was your age, they would say we could become cops or criminals. Today, what I'm saying is this. When you're facing a loaded gun, 
What's the difference? Hey. It's my boy. Who 20 years later graduates to become a member of the Massachusetts State Police to be a spy on the inside for Costello. So as you understand it, did he only become a cop because of Costello? Ugh. Or did he want to become a cop to impress Costello or to help Costello? He got his mitts on him as a kid, groomed him, ushered him, gave him whatever he needed, whatever he wanted, and kind of pushed him into yeah. the State Patrol because he needed somebody on the inside. Sullivan joins the Special Investigations Unit, the SIU, which is built holding a case against Costello, so that's convenient. A different new officer, Billy Costigan Jr., is recruited by Captain Queenan, Queenan and Staff Sergeant Dignam to get inside with Costello. Hey, I'm here, okay? Costigan's uncle was in with Costello, which is why Billy is chosen. He's yeah. just perfect, perfect fit. Yeah, they go would deep it. undercover. The right, fuck Sergeant, did you say to me, Trini? all due respect, sir, what do you want from me? Hey, asshole, he can't help you. I know what you are, okay? I know what you are and I know what you're not. I'm the best friend you have on the face of this earth and I'm gonna help you understand something, you punk. You're no fucking cop. He's right. We deal in deception here. What we do not deal with is self-deception. Five years from now, you could be anything else in the world, but you will not be a Massachusetts state trooper. You sure of that? I'm sure of that. So the trade-off here is that Billy has to surrender his identity and records from the police academy and do some jail time to give the appearance of not being a cop. Costigan spends the next year after he gets out getting deeper and deeper inside Costello's operation. However, it's taking a tremendous toll on his mental health. He begins having an affair with the police-appointed psychiatrist Madeline Madden. She conjured. Who happens to be Colin Sullivan's girlfriend. Costigan tips off the state police about a transaction where Costello is going to sell computer microprocessors to China. Sullivan then informs Costello about the sting and allows the whole crew to escape. Hi, Dad. Yes. Uh, yeah, uh, uh, something big came up at work. I'm not going to be home for supper. Too bad. Your mother worked all goddamn day. We'll just have to sit down without you and your friends. Oh, no, my friends are still coming. So we'll just, uh, I'll just see you for lunch instead tomorrow. Your mother will be proud. All right, thanks, Pop. Bye. The readiness is all. You know the players. Call the game. The state police and Costello both realize there's a mole in their ranks. Yep. So the police know they have a mole. Costello knows he's got a rat. Costigan learns that Costello is actually a protected FBI informant. He shares this information with his bosses, Queenan and Dignam. One night, Costigan follows Costello and he sees Costello's police mole, but he can't get a good look at him after a bit of a chase on yep. foot. And what a bizarre scene. We'll talk about it. Oh, so where bad. Sullivan kills a guy. Yeah. Just whatever. I, I, I think Knife he's some. A, a restaurant worker yeah. who just happens to be in an alley. Costigan, in fear of being killed, wants to meet with Queenan. However, Sullivan has had Queenan followed. Like, he's now put a tail on Queenan. Follow Costello. You'll find his rat. Yeah, this is Sergeant Sullivan. I want constant surveillance on Captain Queenan starting right now. Good. Thank you. Can I ask a question, Sarge? Why the fuck are we following Captain Queenan? Find out about the good Catholic life? I have to follow every lead, however unlikely, however fucking painful it might be to your delicate fucking sensibility. Who told you I had delicate sensibilities? I just don't like it, Sarge. You don't feel right. I have reason to believe that Captain Queenan is Costello's rat. So just 
follow him and don't get made. Because Sullivan's trying to use his connections to find out who the rat in yeah. Costello's group is. So he has Queenan followed. They have to abort the meeting between Costigan and Queenan when Costigan gets a call from Costello's crew because, again, Sullivan's tipped them off about the meeting. Yeah. Billy, where the fuck are you? We've been trying to reach you. We found the rat. Listen, we're going to take him out. Now look it. The address is 314 Washington Street. You got it? All right, we'll see you there. Why? You were followed. By who? By Costello's people. Impossible. Now one of the cops he's got on the inside tipped him. Cat and mouse at its finest, but this leads Captain Queenan getting thrown off the roof. Dignam is suspended for going after Sullivan as retaliation for causing Queenan's death. Hey, you motherfucker! <laughs> What was that? Was that Wahlberg? I was going full south there, fucker. So do you know why Queenan went into that building? No. Oh, a better question is why the fuck were your guys following him? I told internal investigations to follow Captain Queen. Why? That's internal investigations business. <laughs> fucking piece of shit! Hey, 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 fucking hey, bitch! Let him go! Fuck off! I don't have to fucking explain anything to anybody! I can fucking investigate anybody I fucking want to! Let him go! Come on! I don't give a fuck what you think! Captain, I got reason to believe that Quinny got killed by his own fucking undercover. That's a right. fucking lie. He has fucking information in a locked file, as did Captain Queen, and I need access to those files. Yeah, I forgot the password, but if you want to come down to the garage with me, I'd be happy to give it to you. That's a fucking lie. Nobody calls me a liar. Shut up! Work with the tech guys to unlock those files. Take them take a leave of absence. Take a leave of what? Queenan is dead. I'm your boss now. I don't give a fuck. I'd rather hand in my papers first. World needs plenty of bartenders. Two weeks with pay. Good. Fuck off. And then Dignam goes ahead and he quits the force, turns in his papers. Sullivan goes through Queenan's files, finds out Costello is, is an FBI informant. Using Queenan's phone, he also talks to Costigan. During a cocaine deal that the state police are aware of, Sullivan confronts Costello about being an FBI informant, and Sullivan shoots and kills Costello. With the job done, or with his job done, Costigan goes to Sullivan to get his identity back. However, Costigan sees something on Sullivan's desk that reveals him as the mole. Costigan leaves abruptly and Sullivan erases him from the police database. Where's Jinx from space camp when you need him? Jinx, get Costigan back! Costigan back to life! <laughs> Costigan then goes to Madeline and gives her an envelope to open if anything happens to him. What is it? This is for you to hold. Only you. You open this if something happens to me or if I call you and I tell you to open it. You're the only person I can trust, alright? Please. Alright. Look, I'm, I'm sorry to even, I'm sorry to even show up here like this, you know, I, there's just no one else I could give it to. <laughs> there's no one else. Later, she opens a package that was sent to Sullivan from Costigan. She lives with Sullivan. So when a package shows up for Sullivan addressed to him from Costigan, she commits a felony. Yeah, she does. And she opens his mail. Inside is a tape. She plays the tapes. It turns out Costello trusted Costigan more than anyone, made sure lots of recordings made their way to him after his death, ones that implicated Sullivan. Costigan arranges a meeting between him and Sullivan where all he wants is his identity back. He also arranges Officer Brown to be there, someone he went to the academy with that can verify his identity. Costigan has arrested Sullivan while him and Officer Brown aim at each other with guns. Brown allows Costigan to take Sullivan in an elevator, but when the elevator opens... 
Costigan and Brown are killed by Trooper Berrigan, who is also another spy working for Costello. Sullivan then shoots Berrigan. Fucking shocking scene, man. Crazy. God. When Sullivan returns home from uh, buying groceries, Dignam is waiting inside his apartment, shoots him in the head. Hey, you see, I care about your carpet, okay? I had to wear booties and everything. Yeah, which is like maybe a logic issue. He's wearing booties, gloves, whatever, but then walks out the front door where he just shot a guy in the head. Uh Uh-oh, I got it on the lobby carpet I shot. I mean, no one sees him or no one can like ID him. Hey, just ignore me, okay? (laughs) Exactly. All right, let's get into characters. Leonardo DiCaprio as Trooper William Billy Costigan Jr. was cast in the movie The Good Shepherd, dropped out of The Good Shepherd to be in this. Matt Damon took that role in Good Shepherd and still somehow got to be in this. (laughs) Do you like apples? Pretty amazing. When Brad Pitt bought the rights to this movie, before Scorsese signed on, the intention was Costigan would be Tom Cruise. Oh. So this, I'm going to say right up front, Mm. would have been Tom Cruise and Brad Pitt. So Matt Damon and Staff Sergeant Colin Sullivan, Brad Pitt, again, originally cast in this role, cost Tom Cruise. Brad Pitt dropped out to be in Babel. Maybe a mistake. I would say so. Matt Damon is there scooping up all your roles. You drop out of Good Shepherd, it's mine. You drop out of The Departed, it's mine. You don't think that Tim Robbins is going to get that fucking (laughs) plot, all right? Jack Nicholson as Francis Frank Costello. (laughs) Scorsese really wanted Al Pacino for this role because he had never worked with him, which is like surprising to me because like as soon as I read that, I'm like, wait a minute, that's nuts. But Al turned it down and Jack was his second choice. Al Pacino ended up starring in Scorsese's film The Irishman, The Weird, CGI de-aging and the uh, three hour run time on Netflix. Mark Wahlberg as Staff Sergeant Sean Dignam. Hey guys. Ray Liotta was the first choice. He couldn't drop out of his other commitments. Really screwed up there because what what were they? Yeah. He's doing Grand Theft Auto? Halloween prequel. Dennis Leary was also offered the role. Wahlberg had to be convinced personally by Scorsese but ended up with an Oscar nomination for this. Can you imagine that you literally had to be convinced by Martin Scorsese I wanted to have a lisp. Hey, I want to do this with a lisp, okay? <laughs> Just like every week, it's something with him. Hey, get the fuck out of my department, okay? Martin Sheen is Captain Oliver Charlie Queenan. Robert De Niro turned this down to be in Good Shepherd with Matt Damon. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Everybody in the Good Shepherd. I don't even, I don't even think I've seen the Good I've Shepherd. never seen the Good Shepherd. I know Shepherd. it's about the history of the CIA. Okay. Tells that story. What I like about the fact that Martin Sheen literally just finished the West Wing and went right into this. Yeah. Looks great. Ray Winstone is Arnold Frenchy French. Vera Farmiga as Dr. Madeline Madden. Scorsese wanted another big name. Kate Winslet, Emily Blunt, Hilary Swanker, Jennifer Aniston. I'm glad it didn't happen because Vera Farmiga is great. She's in this. excellent. She's awesome. And she did The Conjuring that year, yeah. too. Alec Baldwin as Captain George Ellerby. This role was offered to Mel Gibson. Oh, good he grief. He turned it down because he was filming Apocalyptica. Yeah, that worked out real well. Sure it did. What are you, fucking stupid? Anthony Anderson as Trooper Brown. Kevin Corrigan as Sean Carl. Costigan. James Badgedale as Trooper Berrigan. That's him. David O'Hara as Patrick Fitzy Fitzgibbons. Mark Ralston as Timothy Delahunt. Robert Wahlberg as FBI agent Frank Lazio. Hey, wait a minute. I have another brother. He does. Yeah. Wow. Amanda Lynch as Carmen and Kristen Dalton as Gwen and Shay Duffin as Phil. Which actor, actress gets <laughs> past performance? Jim, just Dude. who's the MVP of this one? There was one acting nomination for this wildly, and it was Wahlberg. You know what's crazy, though? 
I can't narrow it down to one person. The one person I can tell you that I would say isn't, and like I alluded to earlier, fucking Jack Nicholson is great, but pick an I, accent, pal. I do, yeah, I think Nicholson, when he does the rat impression, yeah. he's like at his most unhinged. I got this rat, this annoying, heating fucking rat. And it brings up questions. You know, see, Bill, like, you're the new guy. Girlfriend. Why don't you stay in the bar? That night I got your numbers. I actually didn't think he gave a great performance. But how great would it have been if Ray Liotta was in that role instead? But it wasn't supposed to be Ray Liotta. I know, but imagine yeah, if it was, that one though. would have been Pacino. Fuck. It would have been worse. Fuck. 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 I don't know how to do it. In Fuck. Fuck. <laughs> how could you pick Matt an MVP Damon here? is so great because it makes you hate him so much. The only other time I can think in movies where he played a great heel was School Ties. Yeah. Where you don't know he's an anti-Semite until almost near the end of the movie. This, he just plays a fucking prick. Oh, and hate I hate him. the fact that I have to hate Matt Damon because I love Matt yeah. Damon. Leo's great. Leo played it as though he was having like a panic attack the entire time. Why don't we just meet up, sweetheart? Let me buy you an ice cream. I'm getting on a plane unless you put Queen in on the phone. Queen had a funeral to go to, okay? This is my shift. Just calm down. Well, why shouldn't I get on a fucking plane, huh? Meet up? You actually want me dead? Look, there is a rat in your unit. That is a fact, all right? Where's Queenan? He's not here. They knew you had cameras in the building. They knew everything, all right? There was a leak from the inside. It's real, man. Smoke him out. Yeah, how do we do that, Mr. Fucking Genius, who didn't even graduate from the academy? Disinform, all right? Let it slip through SIU that you have a sealed wiretap warrant for Costello's apartment. Don't tell anyone in our division, but tell SIU. Flush it down the pipe and see if it comes out on my end, all right? That's what we do first. We narrow it down. Where the fuck is Queenan, huh? He's not here, all right? You want to meet up or you got something real? Call me back. Did he look super young to he you? He does. Fuck. But he it wasn't quick. Yeah. Yeah, he kind of did. But then again, you look back on it now, it was nearly like 20 years ago now. Alec Baldwin's good. Yeah. Martin Sheen's great. I mean, like, literally everybody that's in this thing is like... Frenchie. The guy that plays yeah. Frenchie's fucking great. Yeah, he's awesome. Everybody just kind of stepped up. Yeah, I can't give an MVP. Let's find out which scenes made a splash. Let's do best scenes. And I will say right up top, every time an X appears on screen it signifies someone is about to die fun thing to look for upon rewatch sort of like the um Ernest Hemingway every time it rains someone yeah. dies or I think they actually did X's in Scarface every time somebody's gonna die I only ever saw Scarface once I'm not they, they show an X on screen every time uh somebody's gonna do cocaine too much cocaine just overload. X's everywhere so wait let's talk about it right up front my favorite thing the reason I wanted to do this movie dump them in the mosh <laughs> and if the I mosh. say dump them in in the mosh dump him in, in the, the mosh. mosh when i tell you to dump a body in the mosh you dump him in the mosh i think that's the only time he ever tried to do a boston it's accent so bad because it's not it's like not even close to dump him in the mosh yeah that scene's great because i mean not just to dump him in the mosh but della hunt gets killed in a firefight which is just like this is a whole comedy of errors Queenan gets thrown off the roof. Leo's supposed to be there, but he's already there meeting with Queenan. Uh, Queenan. They're trying to catch him. Queenan covers his ass by telling him to get the fuck yeah, out. Yeah, so he gets the fuck out. They send him the wrong address on purpose. Delahunt does. 314 
314 Washington. Send him 314 instead of 344. He shows up to the correct address, but the other guys don't know. So the police that are there are not supposed to engage or open fire. They're led by Sullivan. They have direct commands not to fire, and they just start firing. Goes rogue. So then Delahunt gets shot. Delahunt knows, has confirmed that Costigan's the, the rat. The rat. You've never been late in your life. When I called you, hmm? I, I made a mistake. I, I gave you the wrong address, but you showed up at the right one, didn't you? Tell me why I didn't tell nobody, huh? Tell me why. So Delahunt dies. Instead of like, why doesn't a mobster get a funeral? Oh, I guess maybe he does get a funeral, but why doesn't a mobster get dropped off at the hospital? They literally, one of their own guys, and they throw him in the marsh. They could have done like a Leo the Fart funeral yeah. for him. Yeah, <laughs> there you go. Leo the, the Fart is going to pass gas one so, more time. But then on, on the news, you find out Delahunt was a cop, although Costello doesn't believe it. Because he's so paranoid. He's so paranoid. Exactly. I mean, look at that scene where, here's a weird random scene. It's not the best scene. I'm just going to talk about it real quick. The scene where Costello has a threesome want some coke there it is don't move till you're numb yeah and he's the cocaine he doesn't even he looks like he's been up for six days like bags under his is he literally just throwing like cocaine yes. at the wall and just telling him to you know don't stare at it eat it yeah he throws it at the one girl's ass he's like you want some cocaine and then he just throws it in her asshole it's a weird fucking yeah. threesome and it, the last person you want to see in a threesome is jack nicholson throws a baseball amount of cocaine well you're gonna smoke it off my dick <laughs> sorry my dick as they say it in Boston. So my first one, right off the bat at the top of the movie, Billy just fucking getting roasted by Sean during the interview with Queenan. Oh, last I heard, he was happily married to a 12-year-old boy living on a beach in Thailand. Fucking families dug into the Salty Projects like ticks. Three-decker men at best. You, however, grew up on the North Shore, huh? Oladi fucking da. You were kind of a double kid, I bet, right? Huh? One kid with your old man, one kid with your mother. You're upper middle class during the weeks, then you're dropping your eyes and you're hanging in the big bad salty projects with your daddy the fucking donkey on the weekends. I got that right. Do you even want to fucking be here? Do you want to be a fucking cop? I don't think you want to be a fucking cop, you motherfucker. And he just, <laughs> fucking Leo is just sitting it's there. Exactly. Taking it. And you can see he's getting raged. He's getting pissed. It almost to a point where it looks like he's about to cry. What I love about it more, Martin Sheen, Queen, is just sitting there and just letting him light yeah. it up. Letting and, him and light it up. It's basically just like, he has a different style. Oh. It's basically like, yeah, because it's, you can see he's about to erupt on, but the whole time he's like, what? You want to try to fucking pull something right here, pal? You want to fucking do something? Do it. Come on. Why is Dignam so mad? He's very mad. Same vein, when Costigan's working his way up to get onto Costello's radar, and he tries to prove he's not a cop by starting the fight over cranberry juice, which they oh, never explained. Never did. Why he drinks cranberry juice. Do you know me? No. No. But I'm the guy that tells you there are guys you can hit. And there's guys you can't. Now, that's not quite a guy you can't hit, but it's almost a guy you can't hit. So I'm going to make a fucking rolling on this right now. You don't fucking hit him. You understand? 
Yeah, excellent, fine. But the dude in the bar is like, you on your period? Because there's a whole anecdote about being on your period. Well, there's a lot of sexism and racism. So then you have Mr. French telling, like, his name, yeah, it's Mr. French. Yeah, Mr. French. But he says to him, he's like, uh, there's some guys you hit and some guys you don't hit. And he's like, he's almost a guy you don't hit. Yeah. And then you have Costigan just eating in the deli and the two guys come in to co- collect. God, the guys from Providence. Fuck them up with a yeah. coat rack. Yeah, he, uh, he beats them pretty good the dudes from providence which finally he gets his way he meets costello those guys you tuned up they're connected down providence what they're gonna do is come back with some guys and kill you which sure as you're born they will do unless i stop them do you want me to stop them something I can't do personally? I'm gonna have my associates search you. No, no one's fucking searching me. Search me for what? Contra-fucking-band. Take your shoes off. But they have to search him for contraband and they break his cast open? Dude, I felt that pain. Oh, man. Plus, I don't know if it's beyond some fucking cock-prick-like queen and to pull you out of the stadies and send you after me. I just can't know. I don't know what they do in that particular department, anyway. No! Are you still a cop? No! No! Swear on your mother's grave, you're still not a cop! I am not a fucking cop! Are you gonna stop doing coke deals with your jerk-off fucking cousin? Yes! Yes, yes! All right, all right. You're okay, you'll be all right. They check him for weapons, for drugs, we'll for take wires, his shoes whatever. Off. And they take his shoes off. He has a cast, and they're like, sorry, we have to look. They break his cast open, and then they fucking hit his broken arm with, with, the, a, shoe. with the shoe. Crazy. All right, my next one, I have Billy and the therapist. What's her name? Madeline. Madeline. It's the first interaction in his office. You sit there with a mass murderer. A mass murderer. Your heart rate is jacked. Your hand, steady. That's one thing I figured out about myself in prison. My hand does not shake, ever. And he's deep undercover. And initially when I was watching this, like I said, it was the first time I've seen this. I thought she knew he was in, in yeah, undercover. No, so he, that was the rapport I'm initially getting. But then he goes into, you know, I can't sleep, you know, yada, yada, yada. Try to get valued. Then he turns into a fucking pain-seeking addict. Yeah. I'm having panic attacks, all right? The other night I thought I was having a fucking heart attack. I puked in a trash barrel on the way over here. I haven't slept for fucking weeks. Is that true? Yeah, that's true, all right? I said something fucking true. I want some fucking pills. And you're gonna what? You're gonna you're gonna close my file? I didn't Is that what you're gonna your do? File. I, I know. I, I, know. I thought I was supposed to tell the truth here. You if are. only fucking I, you here. You are. Christ, yes. I mean, a guy okay. comes in here against every every instinct of, of privacy, of self reliance that he has, and what do you do? What do you do, honey? You send him off on the street to score smack? Is that what you do? You're fucking ridiculous. Two pills. Great. Why don't you just give me a bottle of scotch and a handgun to blow my fucking head off? Are we done here with this psychiatry bullshit? You know what? You what, can what the leave. fuck did I just put myself through? I'm fucking out of here. And hey, what if that was a legitimate threat? 
Think about it, fucking hot shot. But somehow, someway, this is where the seed's planted, where she starts digging him. And you fucking hate Matt Damon so much. You're like, yeah, yeah, yeah Parker. Pork. I'm trying to say pork in a Massachusetts app. Parker. She was a great get for this movie. Yeah. She didn't I, do much before this. Like I said, Conjuring. I could perfect. see Kate Winslet. Jennifer Aniston, no. It's too much. But Jennifer Aniston was married to Brad Pitt at the time. And if Brad Pitt was going to be yeah. Costigan, no, Brad Pitt would have been... Sullivan. Yeah. I don't know. Would have been weird. I have the warehouse showdown at the end where everybody dies Ugh. and Colin confirms that Costello is an FBI informant. Grow up. Of course I talk to the FBI. <laughs> Do they know who I am? I, I never gave up anybody who wasn't going down anyway. Nobody knows nothing. <laughs> oh, Frank. Frank. They know about me. I know about you, Colin. You know I'd never give you up. You're like a... What, like a son? To you? Is that what this is about? All that murdering and fucking and no sons. <laughs> And then Sullivan kills him. Yeah. So like he's supposed to have a tail, which he's being followed. And this is where he's like really unraveling because oh, in front nuts. of his whole crew, paranoia, he screams like, get the tail off of me or whatever. And it's Meanwhile, like, while Billy's in the backseat. Like, texting. yeah, he's which is so ballsy. That's how oh, did he not notice? No, him you would almost think Frank at that point would have been like, everybody give me everybody phones and everybody kids this is 2006 you literally had to hit a button multiple times to get a yeah. text out like that scene with matt damon when they're ready to go for that thing in his pocket yeah. he's able to pull that off that was challenging back in the sure. day yeah they have a tail the tail gets pulled stop stop pull them off costello there's no need to surveil him what the fuck are you talking about i got it from an undercover he knows he's being followed so let's just let the uc take him in what undercover queenan's guy he called me when he found out Queenan was dead. I'm running him. You're running him. You give him to me. No, no, I can give you Costello's destination. You know where he's going. Yes, and what he's doing. So get rid of the tail, get special ops on standby. We'll take this prick tonight. Because he basically just forces Colin to be like, Sullivan to be like, pull the tail off of me. And he has to. So then Sullivan has to go to Alec Baldwin and say, pull the tails. And he's like, why? Why would I pull the tails? And he's like, oh, because at that moment, that's when Sullivan, I think, commits to turning on Costello. Yeah, he goes even more be deeper heel. Well, no, because I think he's like, fuck it, let him get him so he sends the cops to where costello is gonna be which they blow up the whole drug deal and then it's a big firefight literally everybody dies well that kind of gets the heat off him though if there was yeah. any inkling that he could yes. be the rat he gave him up he gave him yeah. up and then you got to look at it like this and he could take over yeah that could be his thing because everybody sure. costello and his lieutenants have been white that's a question for logic though is is what if sullivan got away with everything and they were all dead costello's dead mr french is dead everybody in the whole unit's dead does Colin just go on being a cop on the up and up or does he 
try to find a different mob boss. You would think he would just straddle both worlds. Is he getting any kickback from Frank for That's doing this? Nothing's alluded to that he's getting a kick. I literally think, and it can't literally be from that moment at the beginning as a kid, he got to like milk and groceries and gave him change. Yeah. That endears him to him for the rest of his life. Yeah, exactly. That whole scene's crazy because it's like, it's 20 years ago or whatever, 20 years ago at the time. And Frank's going into this, you know, the way that the mob does, they bear down on you and they want their cut but like the cut is something that's so like minuscule it's like five dollars it's like such a small amount and Costello is making the really inappropriate comments to the, the owner's daughter oh, so and then weird. he takes the money but then he's like hey you're so and so I know you you're Johnny Sullivan's kid you live with your grandmother yeah then Get him a couple loaves of bread, a couple half gallons of milk. You like bologna and cheese? Give him some cold cuts, throw some mayo in. You like comic books? You do good in school? Yeah. That's good. I did too. They call that a paradox. Just keep it. Buy yourself some makeup. You ever want to earn a little extra money? You come by L Street. You know where I am on L Street. Good. Would you like groceries? And then he's like, love groceries. He's like, groceries are great. Love it. And then he uh, he gives them like he buys them all this shit, and then he and then he gives the money back. He puts it right back into the store. But that's what the mob's about. Sometimes is just the control aspect. So my next one, guys, we got a lot. This is good stuff. We're in the Jack Off Theater. Oh yeah, the, the adult, dude. I gotta find the guy you got in the department. When everybody looking up their own ass and you looking for yourself, I put my money on nobody finds nothing. I know, but Frank, look, mm -hmm. for me, you gotta lay low. Right now. Golly, laying low is not what I do. All right, fucking big daddy Frank, fucking perfect. What good am I to you if you don't listen to me? Queenan is compartmentalizing. He's splitting everything up. All right, he's fucking smart, you know this. I can get the rat. You just gotta let me do it my way, Frank. Okay. Okay, so even Costello said, I own this place. Too many people there. There's way too many people there. Too many people. Uh, I've never knew that many people would want to be in a jerk-off theater right off the bat. He reveals himself, which, why the fuck would yeah. you show that you're in there and you end up hearing the dialogue later when yeah. uh, Madeline hears the CD and she puts it and listens to it. That's everything that he just divulged yeah. to Costello. Costello's wearing a wire. But the whole thing, and Matt Damon even says it the most. He's like, they want him to stop doing this menial shit. Like, stop going on these runs. Stop doing these drugs. They're yeah. getting on you. Yeah. We can't keep them away for much longer. But man, is he spiraled downward and downward. He kept doing the menial shit. Like, he ended up just getting busted over a coke deal. Yeah. Like the dumbest shit. And in real life, most of these guys had been doing it for 20, 30, 40, 50 years. It's something menial. Oh, yeah. That always it's, busts them. It's a, a paperwork thing, which it's is always like, that. But then meanwhile, in the back of the theater, you're telling me you don't see a guy with his head down. Granted, it's a jack off. Yeah. You're not going to make eye contact with a guy beating it. Yeah. I do appreciate that. I think to help explain the logic effects, we don't have a lot of logic. But no. To help explain the logic of that, they have, he puts his head down, you know, Costello is not looking. And then Sullivan leaves out 
out the fire exit at the front of yeah. the theater rather than also having to walk past Costigan. Although Sullivan wouldn't know who Costigan was, he would even have if no he clue. saw him. But then the cat mouse chase that but goes. But see, that whole, that whole setup is crazy because Sullivan almost at this point has overtaken like, and I think Costello even calls him out for it. Like, I call the, I'm the guy. Yeah. I call the shots and Sullivan's telling him, I need social security numbers. I need bank Everything. accounts. I need all this stuff, which he asks his guys for. And that's when Costigan takes this huge risk, which is I'm not doing it. And then he's no. like, where were you the whole time? Yeah. I'm not staying here. Yeah, I'm not staying here. He just leaves. And then that goddamn envelope becomes a MacGuffin. Yeah. Envelope becomes a MacGuffin because they write citizens on it. Well, the guy misspelled it, it like citizens <laughs> on patrol. Citizens on patrol. Yeah. And then uh, I wish. So that's a big reveal at the end, but um, fascinating. And then, so the other revealing thing about that scene is again, the, the big warehouse scene where everybody dies, Sullivan questions Costello about the FBI informant yeah. thing. And he's like, what are you fucking dumb? He's like, of course I'm working with somebody. Yeah. He's like, and I'm protecting myself. And Sullivan's so selfish because his whole thing is, well, what did you tell him about me? He's so paranoid. And too. Costello's like, I only told him, what I had to like I protected who I needed to and he didn't reveal who he protected exactly because yep. as it turns out he did record conversations with Sullivan proving yep. that he was ready to give Sullivan up which is great because had Sullivan not died he would have got taken down also yep 344 wash we talked about it a little bit so Costigan meets with Queen and because Costigan's losing it too he's paranoid wouldn't he's you like, you're deep yeah, undercover asking, for over a year you're undercover he's asking you for social security number and bank accounts and then you have the whole scene where they're going to do the job and Frank comes out completely covered in blood like a yeah. butcher you can get out of here I'm using a new crew tonight new guys I thought I was on for this I changed my mind take the night off and then he tells Costigan, you can go. You can take the night off. Imagine how paranoid you'd be because you would think something was up. Yeah. And so Costigan's losing it. He wants to meet with Queen. And so they meet at this abandoned building, whatever it is. He's got dope coming in. I don't know where he... He's getting spooky, Captain. What do you mean? I just saw him. He had blood all over his hands. He's losing his fucking mind. Little do we know, Sullivan, well, we know, but they don't know. Sullivan has had Queen and followed, and nobody's on board with it because they're like, why are we following Captain Queen? In? Yeah, he's shown no and he's inclination. Like, and that's what causes the big fight with Dignam because he's like, you got him killed. Like, why would you follow Captain Queen? And he's like, I have reason to believe that he's the mole or he's the rat. 344 wash, Costigan meets with Queen and Sullivan has him followed. So Costigan gets a call. So Sullivan calls Costigan Costello's people. Costello's people call Costigan because he's part of the crew and they're like, come to this building. He, 314 Washington. 314 Washington when actually he's at 344. Yep. So he's like, shit, I need to be in two places at once basically. So Queen and stays behind. Costigan goes. Costigan shows up at the correct location proving that he is the rat. The way Queen gets thrown off the roof and Costigan happens to be standing right there. Oh, and he gets blood splatter. All the blood splatters and then again, Delahunt knew Costigan was a rat because of the whole thing. You know what the funny thing is though? And I just thought in my head with Delahunt, Costello gives him the day off. Yeah. We're good. I'll take the little crew You're to go. You're a cop. When before, yeah. we're right before when we're all sitting in there, Delahunt's out with the other guy. Yeah. See that person across the street? Got a head down? She's a cop. She's not looking straight at you. She's a cop. They don't talk to you. They're a cop. And then as soon as Costigan leaves, heads down, he's like, You're a cop. 
What? You're an artist, you're a cop. We're guessing who cops are. You know, most good-looking women are cops. Hey, you're a cop. Yeah, and he's like, what? And I like, thought he's going to go ape shit, didn't you? Like, yeah. Don't you think he's going to, like, start fighting them? Because they're like, you're a cop. And he's like, what? But, but like, like the, that's a throwaway because yeah. it's like he knew he was a cop and yeah. he called him on it. Yep. Love it. Pretty funny. Billy and Frank sitting there one-on-one -on -one in the restaurant. The question is, and this is the only question, who thinks that they can do what you do better than you? The only one who could do what I do is me. A lot of people had to die for me to be me. You want to be me? I probably could be you, yeah. Yeah, I know that much. But I don't want to be you, Frank. I don't want to be you. Heavy lies the crown sort of thing. Yeah. Talking about rats. Oh my God. Fucking frightening. It's and it's at a point where Billy's pushing back at him. You know, I could do what could do yeah. what you do. I don't want to do it. Yeah. And, and he's, he's like, telling him, I'm not a fucking rat. And he's like, you don't think one of these guys would want to kill you? Yeah. He's like, these guys, all they do is kill. Why would they have any trouble, you know, just making you part of it too? And then I love when Nicholson pulls up the gun. He's just looking inside to see yeah. if there's a bullet and he's pointing it at him. It's like, oh, well, he's, my, doing the all the, he's doing the rat faces and yeah. stuff. Like the tension is yeah. so fucking good. Yeah, it's it's an awesome scene because that whole scene, you can just say like, he's almost like pissing his pants. Yeah. The last one I have, Dignam killing Sullivan. Okay. Ah, it's so good. It rules so much. Hey, knock, knock, motherfucker. Because Sullivan almost comes home with a smile on his face. This is what I don't get, though. He gets up on the floor. All right, he's on his floor. He gets off the elevator. Why are the women avoiding him? Did I, you notice that? I They're think just it's like, just because I, I think it gives the impression he's a prick. Okay. I just think he he's a prick. Okay. Because like, he kind of is. No, he you is. You know, like when, when he buys the apartment in the first place and the dude's like, you're a cop. Like, like basically, how can you afford this? Yeah, and he's like, I'm a captain or whatever. I'm in state police. And the guy's like, okay. He's like, just give me the papers. Give me the papers. Madeline had already left at that point. So she Sullivan did. is just living in He's that single. apartment by himself, single. But he comes home. I don't know what the timeline is. So all that shit goes down. You know, you have Costigan and Officer Brown both get killed. Everybody gets killed. He, he got the medal everybody. of, what was it, the medal of freedom yeah, or something? And then he's, what a prick move to go on uh, record and say. I just want to go on record. I'm recommending William Costigan for the Medal of Merit. You fucking you asshole. Prick. You prick. So mm -hmm. I don't know what, what the timeline is with all that, but he goes home with the groceries with the smile on his face. He opens his door. Dignam standing there in the booties and the gloves and shoots him. Why he leaves, I mean, I don't know where else he's supposed to leave from, but yeah. why he leaves at the front door, crazy. But the scene's all, I'm just like, yes. Because you almost yeah. think at this point that Sullivan's going to get away with it. And then the movie ends with a literal rat on the ledge. Oh, so good. Okay, well, well, that was a lot of best scenes. They're the most we ever had by far. Definitely no pool in this one. There's well, no actually, it could have been because the mosh. Because I, I, I guess I could see Costello in a swimming pool at some point. Uh, we can just go, you know, swimming in the mosh, stuff like that. All right, guys, welcome to Boston. We're here. We're going to have a ton of good time. We're going to go to Fenway, and then we're going to go to hotel, and then we're going to go to the pool. <laughs>
All right, so we're going to do the definitive movie from the following four stars of The Departed. Leo, Matt Damon, Jack, and our boy Marky Mark. Then as a bonus, we're going to do the definitive worst movie also. And I guess using the word definitive means what they're best known for, but I I don't care. Let's do best, favorite, definitive, whatever. So let's start with, let's do the best category first. And let's start with Leonardo DiCaprio. Okay, I'm going to go with Wolf of Wall Street. I could see it. I have Titanic. I'm tempted. Yeah. To Growing pick, pain. I'm tempted to pick his first film credit. Critters 3. Yeah. <laughs> but I, w- I went with when he was the uh, king of the world. Yeah. Titan- I mean, Titanic for a long time and even still, it's it's one of the highest grossing movies ever. And they re-release it like every it's, year. It, it's always on TV. It's like never going to go away. That to me, I, I think that's the first thing you think of. You think of Leonardo DiCaprio. Not what's Titanic, eating Gilbert's grape. Which is great too. Growing Pains. Wasn't he a homeless kid in Growing Pains and he just, the yeah. seniors kind of adopted him? Yeah. And then the sister goes upstairs and then she ages 10 years. <laughs> what a weird sitcom thing. It's very uh, uh, Matt Damon. Goodwill Hunting and The Martian. I have Goodwill Hunting because I think that's it. That's I mean, come definitive. on. He won an Oscar he for is it. Goodwill Hunting. Yeah. Although he's incredible. Euro trip. I was gonna say that's my honorable mention. <laughs> Scotty doesn't know. He literally was filming the Born Identity in the Czech Republic, and somebody called in a favor and he showed up one night and just filmed that and scene. And it might be one of the I mean, we've talked about this on the podcast before. It might be one of the best fictional movie songs, songs ever. Scott Scotty doesn't know. Don't tell Scotty. Scotty doesn't know. Can you imagine that? Like you got Matt Damon for two hours. He just shows up on set. Cool as hell, dude. Amazing. He's like, I can lip sync this song. Incredible. Scotty doesn't know that Fiona and me do it in my van every Sunday. She tells him she's in church, but she doesn't go. Still, she's on her knees. And Scotty doesn't know. All right, Jack Nicholson. This is a tough one. This is rough, but I think you have to go with One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. I, to me, it's almost, it's The Shining or One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. 70s era. I have not seen, I mean, he's literally his first film credit was 1958. Yeah. I haven't seen probably half of his movies, but you could go Shining, One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Can you do Batman? You could do Batman. You could do Easy Rider. You could do Chinatown, which to me, Chinatown more about how great that movie is more than the performance, but. I probably go shining. Here's Johnny. Jack Torrance. Although I am not mad at one flew over the cuckoo's nest. And then Wahlberg. I think there's a clear number one. It's fear. Really? You fear? Really? Yeah, I said fear. I boogie nights. I don't think you can pick anything but Boogie Nights. I mean, his best performance. His magnum opus. I mean, I think if you asked him, he would probably go with something super weird. Like, some, hey, I can come again. I'm, it was Lone Survivor. Like, he would tell yeah. you it was like something. So I got uh, Boogie Nights. I just think that really made his career, which actually, he was in Boogie Nights because Leo wasn't, because it was supposed to be DiCaprio. It I, all ties in. Take a look at this. Jesus Christ. 
Christ, Charlie. That right there is the mail. Now let's talk about the mail. Can we talk about the mail, please, Mac? I'm dying to talk about the mail for you all day, okay? Pepe Sylvia, this name keeps coming up over and over again. Every day, Pepe's mail is getting sent back to me. Pepe Sylvia, Pepe Sylvia. I look at the mail. Well, this whole box is Pepe Sylvia! DiCaprio did Titanic. They could have swapped. So Wahlberg could have been in Titanic with Kate Winslet, and Leo could have been in Boogie Nights. You know what Mark would have done in that scene when they're in the ocean? He would have fucking thrown her off and get on that wood plank and save his own life. <laughs> it is weird because... I think that both of those guys absolutely could have swapped. And I don't know that we would have had any lack of quality because I don't I, think so either. Yeah, DiCaprio would have been amazing in Boogie Nights. And I honestly don't think it would have been that much different. And I think Wahlberg could have been in Titanic and it wouldn't have been much different. It would have been the same. So Mark Wahlberg in Titanic, I think would have made it even more enjoyable. Oh, it went crazy. We had a fucking iceberg. Kid. All right. Let's, uh, let's hey, get French girl. <laughs> Let's get negative and talk about definitive worst oh, movie. Yeah. Leonardo DiCaprio. The Revenant. Yeah, and which is the one he finally broke through and won an Oscar Fucking for. Fucking bear. I don't give a bear shit. Suit. Don't even think I've seen it, but I'm going to go J. Edgar just based on the DVD cover. It. Yeah. He's got the open mouth. It, the cover he's, of the DVD pisses me off. He's very over the top as J. Edgar Hoover. I, why did they pick him? I don't know. He's a lot younger. They put a ton of makeup on him. The Oscar name. I, I just don't like that. Matt Damon. Stuck on you. I just say what I have. Yeah, that Fair, fucking movie was horrible. Fair Early brothers are legendary, but Stuck on You is a miss. Ugh. Matt Damon is a conjoined twin with Greg Kinnear. Yeah, it's bad. Why? It's Why horrible. Even do that? It's horrible. I have the exact same thing. Jack Nicholson. Wolf. Wolf's good, though, wasn't it? Um, Didn't like it. Directed by... I have to look this up because it's directed by somebody crazy. It was such a... Oh, it's a, Mike Nichols. Yeah, it was such a weird... Why Mike Nichols was like, uh, let's make a wolf movie. I saw it once as a guy. I'm like, we're going to make Jack Nicholson a wolf. I'm yeah, like, I don't think I'm it was good. the worst. Again, his first film acting credit was 1958. And I'm not going to pretend I've even seen half these movies. Teen Wolf 2 is better than Wolf. But one I have seen that I hated was Anger Management with Adam Sandler. Yeah, oh, that's right. I hate that genre of movie. It's always existed, but like early 2000s, like where you have this like almost like prankster antagonist type of I, like I don't like those movies that, that one it the, seemed like a forced divergence for Jack Nicholson to be a funny yeah. a funny witty guy he's torturing Adam Sandler meanwhile everyone likes him but Sandler's trying to prove he's a bad guy no and then in, in the end it all turns out that he's it's all like a prank and then everything worked I just I don't like movies like that and then finally uh, definitive worst for Mark Wahlberg I think we probably have the same one I don't think we do okay planet of the apes i have 2001 planet of the apes oh, okay i didn't think yeah. we would it's yeah. horrible it's tim burton yeah planet tim of the burton apes. planet of the apes Wahlberg. It's absolutely my no. least favorite so awful we pretty much aligned pretty well on those i am shocked yeah i mean i think nicholson has such a huge catalog dicaprio i don't think he really could have gone wrong with any of his, his movies in recent years no he just has become i'd love to see dicaprio do some things where he's just not going for an oscar and everything give me a departure Archer, pardon a pun. Yeah, just like I want to see him in just like a ran, like just a movie. I want to see him in a teen comedy. Put him in Scream 7. Fuck. <laughs> Please, no. American Pie 5. Put him in American Pie 5. He's, he's Stifler's dad. He's bartender. He's bartender. Uh, okay, so let's get back in Costello's pool. Come and knock on my door. Gonna jump in now. Wait a minute. I All of a sudden, I just jumped into Ronald Reagan. Well, I'm gonna be in Boston this week. <laughs> Put him in the mush. 
I say throw him in the mosh. I'm going to do a whole episode. You throw him in the mosh. I'm just going to fucking do a whole episode as Mark Wahlberg and Jack Nicholson the entire time. You a psychiatrist? Well, if I was, I'd ask you why you were a statey making 30 grand a year. And I think if I was Sigmund fucking Freud, I wouldn't get an answer. So tell me, what's a lace curtain motherfucker like you doing in the stadies? Families are always rising or falling in America, am I right? Who said that? Hawthorne. What's the matter, smartass? You don't know any fucking Shakespeare? So what was in the envelope that Costigan gave Madeline? My girlfriend brought up the point, and it's really good because Madeline, Billy tells her, don't open this no matter what. I'll tell you if I want you to open it. Don't look at it beforehand, which I was like, okay, whatever. And then I'm thrown off the fact that she wrote Costigan on the envelope. Would you look? If somebody did this to you, if I came to you and I said, Jim, if something happens to me, open this envelope. Well, if something did happen to you, I would have to. If but something happened, but what if, like, the day I gave it to you, though, I don't think when you, you open it. No, you wouldn't. I don't think I would. I think I couldn't help myself. I, I think if somebody gave me an envelope and was like, if something happens, like open this, if something happens to me, I think I would just open. It. I'd be like, OK, sure thing. I don't think and I can because I feel like I'd be lying. Be and what if that, nothing happened to you at all? Then it's like, oh, did you? Oh, you read this <laughs> fucking snake. But what she thought, and it's a good idea. I think it was everything that Diggum needed on Sullivan. He only released that letter to her knowing that when he went to wash, he was going to die. Like, I think he was like, there's no way I'm coming back from this. Read this and then get it to Dignam and then make sure Dignam takes care of Sullivan and plug the hole. That's what I think it was. And that's what she thinks it was. I, I mean, I have a, I think the clue that maybe gives away something that's interesting is any chance Dignam was a rat because Costigan, could he not have given all of this stuff directly to Dignam? But he didn't know where he went. He said he went on a leave. Well, then how did Madeline know where he was? She had to have been connected somehow, some way. She's still within the system of the network of, you know, therapy but, and police officers. He, so and, then, but he could have asked Madeline to get him in touch with Dignam. Like, maybe she knew from Sullivan. I just think maybe, but I just think, because he goes to Madeline and he says, look, you're the only person I can trust. If anything happens, here's an envelope. But if she's the only person he could trust, then why is he led to believe he could trust Dignam. Dignam could also be a, a rat or a mole, but for someone else, like he could be a mole for the FBI or for someone. Well, the amount of time he was undercover, like he went to prison and yeah. he's been a year plus in the only people he had connections to his own reality was Queenan and Dignam. And Dignam was the only one left that could connect him to a normal human right. life. Yeah, I don't. It's interesting because I mean, the fact that they don't show it makes it more interesting, like the Pulp Fiction briefcase. Yeah, I like that way. I I mean, yeah, because you never know. You yeah. just have to fill it in. That's why it's interesting because you have to, to fill in the gap for yourself. Gotta be but, wicked smart. But you do kind of wonder, did Dignam also kill Sullivan to protect himself from revealing something. Now that so. would be one hell of a turn that oh, the yeah. whole time he was the puppet master. Well, the, the hint is the rat. There's yeah. a rat that walks across the ledge. You see Dignam and then you see a rat kind of giving you a hint like he's a rat too. Okay. Now if this wasn't a Scorsese movie, this is what I could have seen happen. Dignam turn into a literal rat. No, that would grows whiskers. Nose comes out. He's a shapeshifter. <laughs> he walks out after he shoots Sullivan. The rat starts walking across the, the rail. He comes back in, shoots the rat and goes, goes fucking hate rats and then he leaves 
<laughs> Game over. That's pretty great. All right. <laughs> well, it's more appropriate than ever. Let's get into logic. Hey, guys. So I hope you appreciated watching me in The Departed. It's me, Mark Wahlberg. Hey, guys. How's it going? I hope you liked me as Dignum. I didn't like the name at first because it was very hard to pronounce Dignum. I was hoping he was going to call him Digum. Because I was a big fan of those games for Atari, you know, like Dig Dug. And I would always play it all the time at my brother, Robert, who I met for the first time on this film. He owned a pizza shop in Southie and he had uh, Dig Dug. And I was like, oh, I'm for you, Robert, I'm going to be Dignum. Don't like the name. But guess what? If you're a rat, I'm going to do one thing and one thing only. I'm going to fucking kill you. It all could have been different, Mr. Walker. You should have allowed nature to take its course. I really thought you were going with Dignum sounds like Digum, the cereal mascot from Smack Cereal. How I love those yummy sweetened puffs of wheat. Meow. Oh no. Meow. Oh kitty. Now for Kellogg's Smacks, the taste is out of this world. Uh-oh. You can make Kellogg's Smacks part of your complete breakfast. Oh, it's bath time for the kitty cat. Mmm, Smacks, I dig them. Smacks cereal's fucking horrible. It's never good. Golden Crisp sucks, Smacks sucks, Grape Nuts sucks, Uh, Arby's sauce sucks. (laughs) But the Red Ranch is But the Red Ranch, manch. You know, <laughs> never mind. You know, hey, get, get that fucking Manch away from my Wahlberg, okay? Manch. Oh, hi, this is my buddy. His name is Manch. Get him the fuck away from me. Manch Slaw. Manch Slaw. Look <laughs> at that big son bitch over there, huh? A Manch Slaw. <laughs> War Manslaw. War Manslaw. (laughs) No title card for this movie for 20 minutes. It's awesome. Yeah, you don't. It's awesome. You don't get a title card for like 20 minutes. I don't think you should ever have a title card in a movie. You know what you're gonna see. I don't need to see what movie it is. I'm seeing. Thank you. I know there were like again trust issues, but why didn't Costigan send the tapes to everyone? Send them to state police, the FBI, the news. Get his identity back that way. But was it a pride thing that he personally needed to make Sullivan answer? I think he needed it. He goes and beats the shit out of Sullivan. I love when someone didn't talk about when he gets Sullivan in the elevator. Yeah. And because at first Sullivan's like, he's still trying to talk his way out of it. And he's like, I'll get your identity back. Like I'm whatever. But then when they're one-on-one in the elevator and he goes, I can't wait to see you explain this to a fucking Suffolk County jury, you fucking cocksucker. This is going to be fucking fun. Just fucking kill me. Just fucking kill me. I am killing you. Fucking kill, kill me. me. Just kill me. Like he's like starts, a little bitch. Yeah, he starts crying like a bitch. And then how quickly the tide turns when he gets shot. But I just I'm like, Costigan has tapes. Yeah. That connect the whole thing. He could have sent them to Alec Baldwin. He could the real life Alec Baldwin, not the movie character. No, not no. because uh, he would have a gun. He would have a gun. He'd come and get uh, you. Don't you know who I am from Rust? Yeah. Uh, he but he sent him to the media, send him to the FBI, send him to state police. Send him to CNN, send it to everybody. Send him to everyone and just be like, you guys know this mob boss, Frank Costello. He has a mole inside the special investigations unit. Colin Sullivan. Here's all the proof. Yeah. I mean, and then he could have came forward. Bring and everything He would have been a hero. But instead, I think it's just his pride that gets in the way to where he's like, I'm personally walking Sullivan in myself. Because it is stupid to, is it just hubris? Like he, he shows up and he's just like, I'm going to do this. Never 
estimating that there could have been anybody else that Sullivan could have brought. You know what's even more aggravating about Sullivan, too? I also, when all that shit goes down, and shout out to Sprint cell phones, because Sprint got a hell of a promotion in this. So when he gets Queenan's phone, and he calls and picks up, and he doesn't say anything, he hangs up real quick, calls back, and then he says, you know, it's almost like a whiny little bitch. Can you just, can you just come in? Please come in. Yeah. Come in, please. It's like, fuck, man. And then just those two one-on-one in the office. Good to see you, Trooper. Yeah. Colin Sullivan, we spoke on the phone. Yeah. So? Now, how long were you undercover? Long time. Long fucking time. Yeah. Well, I can't even tell you the debt. I just want you to know I'll be recommending you for the Medal of Merit. Oh, yeah? Yeah. It's kind of like a gold star around here, huh? It's the highest honor we got. Look, I just want my identity back, all right? That's all. All right. I understand you want to be a cop again. No, no. Being a cop's not an identity. I want my identity back. Back and forth. And then he sees the MacGuffin. I I just, it doesn't it seem like Costigan's smarter than that? Yeah. Because Queden's dead. He knows it's his phone. He's told Dignam has quit. Yeah. But why? I mean, I get that he has no other option, like no other avenue to get his ID back. He just has to trust him. God. And and honestly, he finds the MacGuffin on the table and then he runs. But why didn't he just stay? I thought he was going to confront him. Like when he has his back turned to him and he's on a computer looking at his file, I was hoping he was going to knock on a door and go you fucking prick you know something like that he just he makes a mistake there because he could have seen the MacGuffin put that information in his pocket like okay I know Sullivan's the mole yep got his identity back then went taking the evidence and the proof and then turned it but instead he runs away yeah I mean he has to in the script in order for Sullivan to erase him yeah fucking jinx style from (laughs) just add him to the data thermal curtain failure yeah is the baby really Sullivan's or Costigan's I think it's Costigan's Costigans. I mean, it's it's hard to say, it, but it's you'd hope it's one of theirs. Um, <laughs> Jesus, and not someone else. Jack Nicholson's. It's, it's, it's Costellos. It's Costellos. Uh, yeah, I I don't know, and I, it doesn't really matter because they're both dead. I mean, it does matter, but it doesn't because baby's not gonna have a father either way. Well, like at the funeral when she just walks right by him, he goes, "Well, what about the baby?" And she just no cells. Yeah, on which walking. makes you think it it's not his. It's probably Costigan yeah. because that's her clean break. Oh, there was a clean break. All right. If they had to. Inc- the actual shot of a rat at the end why not get a real one like that was an entirely cg rat it was a cg i mean rat. It, i guess it looks good but it cg rats weird have people or would people actually take a deal like the one to cost again <sighs> we don't see the dollar amount of the bonus but he is told you're not going to collect we can't give you a salary for this no you basically have to go to jail get out of jail and then what kind of shit did he go through in prison because he had to alpha male his ass through that prison yeah had- I mean, this is what I don't understand about that whole deal, though. They said, well, you know, we're going to pay you a bonus, but it shows up at the end. And along with his identity, he is expecting his bonus to be I paid. I would hope. So he can't get the bonus up front. How is he? Where is he living? Where does he live? Who's paying for it? Yeah. Costello paying his salary? Is he getting paid for That's a good for- point because you don't ever see him go to bed anywhere. Yeah. Huh. The mosh. He lives in the mosh. And a bitch and the mosh. With Shrek. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> some of those uh, jobs he goes on with Mr. French are pretty interesting. I dig it. The one dude, I dig him. 
Smacks frog. When ah. they go to the one and the dude, they shoot, like French it, just shoots him like through yeah. the cereal box or whatever. It's through the Smacks cereal box. And then the one where the dude tells him about being an FBI informant. And he caps him in the leg and, and he, he goes, runs off. He goes, what did you say? And the dude's like, I can't say anything else. And then puts one in his leg. Yeah, and then I runs. love that dude because he's like the MVP of the movie. Yeah. Take off an army car at the Dedham Mall. What the fuck you do? You pay guineas in Providence? Fuck, now I do. The fuck you do? What? I gotta pay Costello and wait for him to trade me to the FBI? Cause that's what he does. FBI? What the fuck you talking about, FBI? Oh my God, is that French out there? What the fuck did you just say about the FBI, huh? Forget what I said, I'm fucking high. Whatever may be going on in that very fucking poor, very limited brain of yours, I am not gonna hurt you, all right? Just tell me what you just fucking said. Forget it, I'm high, I'm fucking high, I must be high, I would never say what you thought I said. What you... Oh, fuck! Now, what the fuck did you just fucking say? Why do you think he never gets busted? Costello's a protected FBI informant, he'll trade you out. I thought I was supposed to go into shock, I'm not in shock, it fucking hurts! But he... He gets no credit. And then no. he gets in trouble for that, too, because then French tells him, you know, I tell you, do something, you do it, because he doesn't kill the guy. A little over an hour into the movie, in the background at Sullivan's house, you see the Japanese movie Audition from 1999 playing on TV. What the actual fuck? Yeah, that's Sullivan, a, a big horror guy? Yeah, like, is he going to play Ichi the killer after that? Yeah, exactly. That? You wouldn't accidentally just be watching Audition in the background. Jesus Christ. I mean, is that supposed to give us some insight into Sullivan's character? He's not watching this fucking snuff film while he's at exactly. it. Exactly. Why not? He's uh, ego maniacal he's psycho so using the live version of pink floyd's comfortably numb is such a weird but a great choice for the sex scene between costigan and madeline yeah why did they use the live like why how did that happen couldn't have been cheaper it wasn't great i know it's just weird that they were a, like maybe scorsese was at that concert and he just <laughs> it, he's like well, it just sounded great it's not a great play i have this on my phone on my sprint flip phone yeah. i have i have audio that i ripped from the concert i have a five second ringtone just play it <laughs> And then finally, uh, in logic, what happens to Dignam? Ooh. He walks out Sullivan's door after committing murder. He's not a police officer. He's just a murderer. Shoots the guy in the head, leaves. Do they catch him? Do does They he might do- not ever know that it was him. Well, there hadn't been surveillance he, in that building. You would think he walks right out the front door of the, you know, people should have seen him come in as well. It's going to have to be a gun for hire then. I, I don't Unless know. he is running the entire racket and he <laughs> is indeed the mole. I would think that could help, like, again, get him off. Maybe. I, I don't know. It's, it's a hell just, of a twist, but I don't want to think that he's bad because finally Mark Wahlberg gets a redemption arc. Let's just jump into legacy. This was supposed to have a sequel that focused on Dignum and political corruption. Infernal Affairs, the movie it's based on, a remade from, had sequels, but this sequel would have strayed from those. So I think infernal affairs had two or three sequels departed sequel would have been focused on dignum and political corruption we were talking a little bit before we started recording what if dignum had a political connection you know then that was like he was a uh, somewhere he was in the pocket of the mayor's office yeah or he was like, like working that. on behalf of a, of a local politician or something might have been fascinating the departed was the first best picture winner in the 21st century to not be released on vhs yeah. but it was released on h 
HD DVD. So the war, the fucking thing I thought would beat Blu-ray. I was that guy. There was no, re- like, it's so weird because you think about VHS and beta. DVD never had a, uh, never had a competitor. It, it, like, wasn't it was, DivX. No, it was just, yeah, it <laughs> might have been DivX at some point, but it was just DVD. But Blu-ray and HD DVD. Same time. Same time. There really was no difference. Sony versus there, Microsoft. Was there a difference with how much the disc could hold? The, di- the Blu-ray could hold a little bit more than an HD DVD. I remember that. I remember buying the standalone HD DVD player for my 360. I love when Blu-ray and, and HD DVD came out because the people like really were trying to get a hold of, you know, DVD is a DVD, a CD. Yeah. But the, so people wanted to call Blu-rays BDs. And it's like, eh, eh, no. Or then it was like BRD, Blu-ray disc. Yeah. It was weird. No. Not marketable. HD DVD is too many letters. It's a lot. So. But then they distinguish it by color. HD DVD was red. Yeah. Blu-ray was obviously blue, but take the E off. It's BLU. You're cool. Yeah. Which that's weird too. And then Blu-ray even never caught on the way I thought it should have. No. Because like DVDs should have ceased production immediately. No, they kept making them. But no one would get rid of DVD players and just get Blu-ray players. And Blu-ray players at first, they're $7,000 to buy a standalone Blu-ray player. And now they got dirt cheap. Yeah. And even when 4K players came out, they were so expensive. Now they got dirt cheap. Like for instance, now I can divulge. When I worked at Best, by yeah. what annoyed me more than anything when i'd have to put movies out onto the floor was the fact that you would get your 4k copy your blu-ray copy yeah. and you would still get a standard dvd that took up room and nobody ever and bought it, shouldn't a DVD. Exist. it it shouldn't should not exist. exist and now they're not going to exist there anymore because they're getting rid of movies yeah i i just the whole idea just force people's hand i mean yeah. again it's when the oh if i can remember this all tvs were supposed to be hd by 2006 because yeah, they passed was it 2006 yeah, they passed the they were getting rid of the analog getting rid of all analog signal and then like people just weren't getting on board people not were just like at all no we're not going to do that and then I, I just yeah you should have forced people's hand because now there's not even a need I mean I do like recently that that Christopher Nolan and some others are Guillermo del Toro are coming out in favor of physical media yeah because then you're like if a streaming network pulls this it's it gone. doesn't matter you have it forever if exactly. you own a physical copy i mean i mean i will even admit the fact that there was a while there where i'm like i'm blu-ray i'm not buying dvds anymore no i i got rid of i purged a bunch of stuff so did i but then we started doing this again it's cheaper to get the dvd than it is way better yeah it's i purged a lot of my physical media and then i'm like yeah you can play nintendo on a on a a nintendo online or whatever but it's just still cooler to just have physical copies of things physical should never die here then they can never take it from you yep all right stick around for some plugs cool sceners once again thank you for listening to this episode of the show and all of the other ones in our back catalog and you can find those on apple spotify podbean podbay and wherever you get your podcast from because we are there and never forget to like comment subscribe rate and follow on facebook join the pool sceners group for exclusive content you will get it there first instagram twitch threads tiktok and youtube at pool scene podcast we are all over the place so you will never get one opportunity to miss us anytime anywhere and as always back to kevin final lap guy are you a mole or a rat yeah (laughs) 
So, Jim, speaking of moles and rats, uh, actually, no, not speaking of moles and rats, but, well, maybe. More so speaking of, of races, F1, the Vegas thing, was a disaster. Well, initially, <laughs> see, here's the, here's the rub. Now, I've been an F1 fan now for nearly 30 years. So I get it's a European-centric sport. So I, there's a time adjustment. Right off the bat, it's in Vegas. They want to do it fucking Saturday night at 10 p.m. local time. Yeah. That's when the race was going to start. Well, how it works is you'll have three practice sessions, FP1, FP2, FP3. So they start Thursday night, nine minutes into the session. <laughs> one of the fucking like manhole cover. It wasn't a manhole cover, but it was a cover of some sort because these Formula One cars generate so much downforce. The suction is incredible. Yeah. Fucking sucked it right off the lack of a better term off the road and damaged Carlos Sainz's car. So they postponed the session until they had to fix all the manhole covers. This is a race that was on the books for a fucking yeah. year. Yep. They didn't get approval to get a green light for that race on Wednesday night, That's which crazy. is absolutely absurd. Las Vegas locals are pissed because that blocks no traffic. Yeah, and no spectators. So here's the bitch. A lot of people, because Formula One, that race especially, priced out of existence. Oh, yeah. So most people could only afford practice session, which was the cheapest. And by cheap, I'm talking like seven, eight hundred dollars. That's crazy. So they're like, well, we're going to delay this practice session for three hours. So practice takes place at 2.30 a.m. Las Vegas local time. Nuts. Lasts for an hour and a half. The drivers get done at 4 a.m. Right off the bat, how is that not a safety issue? However, another problem existed where the people who did stay there to diehards, they kicked them out. Yeah. And these people paid for those tickets. They're like, listen, we don't have proper security here anymore. You all have to leave. F1 made good and gave them somewhat. I shouldn't say made good. They gave them a $200 voucher right. for merchandise. You know how much an F1 team hat costs? Like $100. It's ridiculous. So race ends up going off. Of course, Max Verstappen wins his 19th race of the year. There's one left in the season. This dude is the already. Is that like a record? He has the record. I'm sorry. He won his 18th race. Yeah, that was the record. He's now the three-time world champion. He won five weeks ago. Problem with Formula One is if you have the money and can develop a car, you're going to be leaps and bounds ahead yeah, of everybody. It's Red Bull just is. Yeah. But racing-wise, there ended up being a, a big battle between him and uh, Charles Leclerc back and forth. So it was a good race. Was it cool? Like the setup and stuff? Or it no? was cool literally on... It was on the Vegas Strip at night. Problem is, like, the price gouging. Like, yeah. if you had a hotel room that overlooked, the premium rates were crazy. Oh, I, I know they pissed off a lot of locals for the traffic because like, they had so to be cleared out at a certain time. Vegas, That's it. Vegas has at least two, like, escalators that go up, and you can cross the, the street bridge over Las Vegas Boulevard. And people were riding up and up one side of the escalator and down the other and trying to watch the race. Just literally, there were hundreds of people just going up and down the escalators yeah. trying to watch the race. Well, you've been to Vegas a couple times. The pit complex times, now yeah. the pit complex is a permanent pit complex so that's going to stay there really it's permanent huh. because they signed on to race on the strip for the next nine years so it's there until 2033 interesting is it, it always going to be november or? it's look like it's always going to be huh. the sec it's going to be the penultimate race of the season huh so that's yeah. pretty interesting but man Maybe go. the race 10 p.m local time las vegas on it fuck that's i mean late. honestly that's three the, hour the, the two worst race. you would be better off doing 10 a.m yeah because 10 p.m. in Vegas is when people want to ride the strip and stuff. Yeah. So weird. And Vegas is a city that never sleeps. 
you know, like like New York. It's just there's it's always on. It ne- it's always on. Always it on. never shuts down. The drivers seemed to liked it, but it was a spectacle. It was kind of crazy. I mean, you had the sphere there and everything. Yeah. It was a it was a great background shot. Sphere hemorrhaging money. So Jim, I'm going to give you homework with my movie recommendations. All right. This week. So you enjoyed The Departed. I did. And I think you are now more open-minded to Tarantino after Pulp Fiction and Glorious Bastards. Yeah, I like Donnie Darko too. So my suggestion is going to be go watch Jackie Brown. Yeah. Currently on Tubi. Pam Greer, bonus, a great Michael Keaton in that one. Oh, and a De Niro sex scene. Not with Michael Keaton though. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it's a gritty crime movie. Uh, bonus suggestion would be Paul Thomas Anderson's Heart 8, which is another great one. If you can find it anywhere or even the Safty brothers good time so if you enjoy the departed go and find any of those movies okay. movie i'm not probably going to suggest jackie chan and ralph macchio are reprising their roles for a new karate kid movie in theaters december 2024 oh, i have no. so many questions but the first is so it takes place in a meta universe then jackie chan played mr miyagi in jaden smith's karate kid but ralph macchio's mr miyagi is Pat Morita who's passed so are they ignoring that Pat Morita ever played Mr. Miyagi and trying to tell us that it was Jackie Chan the whole time and can we stop with Jackie Chan the guy disowned his children like he's a fucking asshole yeah he's a prick but is he gonna be like Miyagi's long lost son he's gonna be like Mitch Miyagi or something like that see I don't remember I watched the Jaden Smith one but I I don't remember it enough to remember if he's literally the same Mr. Miyagi or just a Mr. Miyagi? I'm I'm over the Karate Kid. I'm over Cobra Kai. Well, I don't care anymore. That's the next thing is so Ralph Macchio still playing Danny LaRusso you have Mr. Miyagi maybe the same Miyagi Jackie Chan is this going to tie into the Cobra Kai series Uh. or is this going to just be a standalone thing and ignore all of that because at this point you almost have to tie it in because imagine because there's a whole new generation who has found Cobra Kai who didn't grow up with the Karate Kid movie which is cool but us being there with the original I know you watched the last season I gave up on it I'm just done yeah i'm I'm over i'm in i mean it's not that long of a thing i can finish it you know when it comes out i'll spend the eight hours or whatever but i I guess i just for that generation who's like oh cool i like cobra kai i'm gonna go see his karate kid movie where's all the cobra kai stuff you know what i mean i hope they know what they're doing they They, don't they they could really uh hillary swank gonna be in this one too she better they really yeah i think could um you know flush the toilet on a goodwill they have for that franchise and then uh last thing i'll mention this week we had a malware attack at work so i arrived to the office monday morning so last week i kind of busted my ass got a bunch of work done and was like i had two and a half days to work thanksgiving week uh when we're recording and i'm like i'm gonna just stay on top of everything monday tuesday go home half day wednesday enjoy my you know four and a half day weekend go back to work on monday and show up to work I don't know. I probably got in the office about 9 a.m. on Monday and everything just kind of went haywire. Like I hear one of my coworkers say, hey, is everybody's like computer working all right? Things seem to be a little nothing's working. So someone I think clicked on something they shouldn't have. You right, know, yeah. Shut everything down, completely attacked our server, have no access. So I work with a lot of casinos. Um, I mean, it's basically my industry I work with. Speaking of Las Vegas, all the, the top casinos in Vegas. And, and if I said casino, you would 
would get it with no more than three guesses. Yeah. You'd figure out which property it was. They had a malware attack that shut down their entire network, and you could probably Google and find out who it was. And there was a $20 million ransom for them to get their access back to everything, and they paid it because they couldn't afford to Jeez. be shut down, lose their records, be in jeopardy of anything. So they paid $20 million. And shit like that pissed me off so bad because, like, you have employees who are probably making dirt. Oh, you know, dog probably shit. eating Arby's dirt water barbecue for dinner yeah because you're paying them dog shit but then meanwhile you pay 20 million dollars to to a hacker he's shit we will get away scot-free exactly and then so now you know second day i work from home today by work from home i mean i watched movies all day yeah got paid for it. yeah although now i'm dreading because i'm like god i'm we're digging such a hole for ourselves it's come monday you are fucked oh I, absolutely just before the holidays too amazing there is a ransom i guess it's being negotiated we want a hundred and fifty dollars <laughs> i wish we uh, will give you back your records so that ba- but basically this whole thing you know it is it's the new bank robbing yeah you can't go in a bank any longer and give a note to the cashier and say i want all the money and if you did that now would the cashier just laugh you go what is that i mean like it's old school they can count your nose hairs if you go in a bank now with the Pretty security much. cameras you know they can see exactly who you are any distinguishable features like they can enhance enhance they can see you so you can't go in a bank anymore and rob it and like we talked about a couple weeks ago and seth was on about like i don't think there's really ma and pa banks in anymore it's all mega banks so if you can't rob banks these people who are hacking you know with these malware attacks they're the smartest guy in the room you know they're able to attack your entire network demand you pay them a a ransom in order to to unlock everything and by the time you do they're long gone you know there's no no trace of them that's why you back everything up to floppy yeah yes exactly (laughs) so load up those commodores yeah i can uh i can fit 12 sentences of text on this floppy disk there we go i know my work is insured for things like that but still you're gonna want millions i i, I don't know i don't Shit. know so pretty crazy so i guess stay tuned on that Be like uh, kevin sorry as long as i'm not the one that clicked on something which i'm fairly certain it wasn't me but kevin sorry there's not gonna be a christmas party this year not gonna be a, anything yeah all right well until next week silencia everybody <laughs>